Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. We are excited to welcome Yasmina Ben-Sliman today, who is joining us from Puerto Rico. Yasmina is a feminist activist, consultant, and women empowerment coach. She is a founder of Politics for Her, a nonprofit organization that advocates for greater political participation of young women and girls. We are so happy that you can join us today, Yasmina. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. You were born in Morocco, and in your introduction, you just told our listeners that you live in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So there has to be a story about getting from from where you were born to where you are now. Would you share that with us? It's a pretty long journey, but I was born and raised in Morocco, but I also grew up in Dubai. So from a very early age, I was exposed to different cultures and different ways of living. And my mother also did her undergrad and grad studies in the U.S. Both my parents lived a little bit everywhere, uh, all over the world because both of their fathers were uh, diplomats and ambassadors. Uh, so they had that opportunity. So from very early, I wanted to explore the world and I've always saw myself as a global citizen. So after I graduated high school, I moved to Paris, France to start my studies. They didn't like it, dropped out of law school, moved to Spain, did my undergrad there, moved to Costa Rica, did my master's there. And that's when I really got uh, the opportunity to see the Latin culture and improve my Spanish. And I loved everything about the vibes, the people and uh, living in the tropics. So after my master's, I decided to move to Miami because I've always wanted to make it to the U.S. A few years into Miami, I thought it was time for a new opportunity. So I got an opportunity with the, the U.N. So I moved to New York. I did not last more than a year in New York because I thought it was so intense and very hectic. And I felt that I was living to survive instead of living to enjoy life. So that's when I decided to move to Puerto Rico. I'd never been there before, but I just felt something was calling me here. Wow. Since I was working online, it's been over a year and a half now. <laughs> wow. So living in so many different places mm -hmm. often can feel like, okay, where do I belong? And like the sense of belonging. And so did you ever struggle with that? Absolutely. And also because I attended French school my entire life in Morocco. So there was this sense of like double identity because we were studying French language, French history. We learned more about the French history and language than our own language. So there was also this sense of, oh, I feel like I'm very westernized, but at the same time, I want to keep my culture and my traditions. So already on, there was that. Then when you move abroad, especially as a young woman of color, you face other obstacles and challenges, racism, 
and um, xenophobia and Islamophobia too. At the time, there was a lot of it because of the terrorist attacks that happened in, in Europe. So it was a very difficult time to be there. And that's also one of the main reasons why I decided to leave. But throughout my journey and throughout living in all of these different places, if I learned something is that there's no such thing as belonging because you belong to yourself. You're your own home. And you could be multiple things at the same time. You don't have to be one single identity or one single thing. It doesn't define you. And that's why I like to say I'm a global citizen. I, I'm, I'm Moroccan by birth, but I'm also Mauritanian from my origins. I'm Lat Latina in my heart. I'm French by education. I'm American by assimilation. You know, so like all of those different um, identities, it's what makes us unique. And I love it. I read a piece that you wrote with some other young leaders about the experience of not having your voices heard and not being respected in international forums. Yes. And this is a theme that Yodita and I have heard a number of times when we have talked to very impressive young leaders who are activists and who are trying to drive change mm. and don't feel heard. The humanitarian international development field is very deeply rooted in patriarchy, very deeply rooted in neocolonialism, and also ageism, hierarchy, bureaucracy, seniority. So they want to pretend that they care about young people and our voices. They tokenize us. They make us part of the conversation just to make them look good. But then they don't treat us with respect. They don't treat us as equals. I got to a point where I was really upset because of some incidents that have happened to me as well during that time that I made a very strong intervention and I posted online and it went viral, which I'm really happy about because a lot of young people could relate. And that's sad that a lot of young people yeah. face these challenges because those discussions specifically this year, CSW was about young women and girls in the digital age and also rural areas. You're discussing issues about us without us. So what advice do you have for young people now who are activists, who have a point of view, and who really want to drive change? To be loud, to be outspoken. <laughs> I'm known for being very loud and very outspoken. And a lot of those bureaucrats, they don't like that, but I don't care. Because if you want to drive change and if you want things to change, then you need to be loud and to be true to yourself, to speak truth into power. And whatever you want to say, say it. Also mobilize, because the more we are, the more powerful and the more impactful we will be. And I think a lot of people deal with imposter syndrome and self-doubt, which I did too before launching Politics for her. It took me months because I was questioning myself. You know, like uh, there's a lot of people that give this perception that, oh, the humanitarian field is amazing. All we do is help people. There's only amazing people working there. That's not true. There's bad people everywhere. Don't be naive like I was. But unfortunately, you can face discrimination and challenges within those structural systems. But if we want to change that, then we need to come together. That's the most important. Mm -hmm. Esmina, I've I've read where you wrote that your ultimate goal in life is to empower women by making them believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. Who in your life has helped you believe in yourself? 
my mother, she always pushed me really hard since I was a kid. I've always been a perfectionist because I'm a Virgo. So, <laughs> but she always pushed me to to do more and to to be more and to always strive for for the best and that I deserve the best. And I would also say myself, you know, like I also helped myself believe in myself. I believe that it comes from within, from inside. And I would definitely say that also seeing women of color making it, that is inspiring. Seeing women of color being successful in different fields, whether it's academia or arts, music or international development, that always inspires me as well and makes me believe that if they did it, then I can because I also switched the mindset. Growing up in Morocco, there was this mindset of like, you have to be competing with other women, you know, like especially for men's intention. And, and it's something that is pretty much worldwide, right? But even more in those uh, patriarchal societies where there's pressure to be married before 30 and, you know, to have kids before 30. I would say that realizing that you don't have to live by society's standards and that you can live on your own that also makes you believe in yourself more. So you said that you helped yourself believe in yourself. I love that. How did you do that? So when you start living for yourself instead of living for others, that's also when you find more fulfillment. Enjoying every part of who you are and realizing that no one is perfect, that you're not perfect, and that it's okay to make mistakes and that you learn from mistakes because also as a perfectionist, I would beat myself up for making mistakes. And then I just eventually realized that mistakes are part of the journey. That's how you learn. That's how you get better. And it's very much necessary. And I also learned how to believe in myself by setting goals and accomplishing those goals and being kind to myself. And again, like very much deconstructing everything that we were imposed and domesticated to think about ourselves as women in particular. Where did that deconstruction process start for you? But how would you encourage others to start that process? I was looking at social media platforms and social media platforms are so powerful for young people. We are digital natives. We're born into those platforms. And I was thinking everything that I see is related to women's physical attributes. There's like fitness content, there's like food content, fashion content, beauty content, but I don't see a lot of activism or academia. So I wanted to change this. And also by studying politics, I realized that everything I studied was from a male's perspective. So I also wanted to change this, deconstruct this vision that politics are evil, male-dominated, all about greed, power. So I started by doing that, by realizing that you don't have to surf the wave and like be part of the norm and be into fashion and be into fitness and be about the way that you look, but going beyond that. I also think that within social media, being mindful of the accounts that you follow, because now there's a lot of like body positivity accounts, accounts that are going to challenge those norms. So make sure that whoever you follow brings benefits to you, to your life, to your perception. And of course, like on a more like deeper level, like doing some shadow work, realizing that everything that I was taught is not necessarily how I should perceive life. And I think that's a very important part is 
detaching yourself from being a continuity of your parents or your family, that you can live your own life. It's your life. It's about you that you should not do it to please others, but to please yourself. And that whatever you want to do, you should do it. So you're the founder of Politics for Her. I'm sure our listeners would love to know more about Politics for Her. (laughs) Uh, So Politics for Her started as a blog. It was in 2017. And I first started it by sharing academic articles that I wrote throughout my undergrad and grad journey. And then I saw that a lot of uh, young women were interested. They were sending me messages saying, oh my God, I love everything that you post on politics for her. The women warriors profiles, the breaking news, the articles. I've always wanted to do something like that, but never took the first step or we don't see this content online. So, you know, like that gave me a boost seeing that other women could relate and loved what I was doing. Moving forward during the pandemic, I opened a call for contributions, for submissions, and I got so many submissions, which was really exciting. But then I was alone, so it was a lot of work, but I didn't have a job at the time, so it was fine. So after I saw that it was really successful, I started also receiving messages asking, how can I join? So I opened call for volunteers. And now we have over 100 volunteers. We have six hubs, the global, Europe, Asia, Africa, Swana in Arabic, Ibero-America in Spanish and Portuguese. And we do different kinds of projects. So at first it started just by like sharing articles and news and all. We still do that, but we do also digital advocacy on specific topics uh, related to sexual reproductive rights or to education. We also do capacity building. So we help young women and girls uh, build skills, leadership skills. We do like a wide variety of things and it's amazing. The team is just wonderful, very diverse and from 16 to 35 because it's a youth led and youth serve and it's an intersectional feminist platform and movement that advocates for more inclusive participation of young women and girls in politics, particularly those from global majority countries, so young women of girls uh, of color. In regards to online hate, it's a big part of the advocacy field and using your voice to, to proclaim certain kind of truths and people coming mm-hmm. at you. How do you take care of yourself when it comes to that? Because th- that can really affect your Absolutely. mental health. Yeah. I would try to convince people and to speak to them. But then I realized that it made no sense because they're very stubborn. They're very much on their positioning. In Morocco, feminism is perceived as a Western threat. In a lot of countries where, you know, like Islam and traditions are very much predominant, that's how it's perceived because it's a misconception. So the way that I deal with it now is I just block and I report. And if people harass me continuously, I literally like will report them to their employers <laughs> to shut them down. But I also tell myself that if you have room for hate, that means that you're not happy with yourself. That means that you don't like yourself because I don't have time to put, spread hate on anyone. I only want to empower and uplift others. And I, it's hard for me to like understand how they are. But I think that a few things is to not engage with those haters, especially like trolls, because they're hiding behind a fake identity, which allows them to spread that hate. Uh, the second thing is <clears throat> there are some uh, preventing measures. 
for example, on Twitter, I only allow people that I follow to reply to my tweets. Uh, so that already helps. And then if I get waves of hate because it comes in wave, I put my account private. Then I also always <clears throat> block and report all the time. But sometimes blocking and reporting is not enough. Because if someone reshares one of your posts, then other people will see it and then they will spread hate and it would not stop for days. So what I did last time is that I made a post on LinkedIn because I found one of my harassers and I got even more hate for doing that. I was called cruel. I was called dramatic and like, because I reported online harassment. So that's how bad it is that it's just a joke, you know? So I think there's also a lot of norms that need to be dismantled. Then on Instagram, I only allow people that follow me to comment. I hide some words. I don't allow people to reply to my stories and among other things. So, and most importantly, disconnect. If it's too much, just disconnect, put down your phone, go and there's real life outside. It's not just. <laughs> so how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? You have to be confident in your abilities and to believe in yourself. And most importantly, to keep a vision towards your goals, what you want to accomplish, and never let those people break you down. You have to be kind to yourself, to look at yourself and celebrate what you've achieved. I think that we need to be kinder and give ourselves more grace, especially women. They always want to strive for perfection. They always want to accomplish so many things and everything to be great and perfect. So just like takes that pressure off and acknowledge everything you've done. Always look at every experience, even if painful, even if it challenged you as a blessing. It's a lesson and it's a way to make me realize that I have to believe in myself. Those people do not know me, do not know the struggles that I'm facing, do not know how hard it is for me. I just have to keep on going. So that's what I said also earlier is consistency is very important. It's key to keep on going and to keep on towards your vision and you will be rewarded. Don't focus on the result, but just focus on the journey, but the good will come out of it. I, I love your story. And I love what you said that you can build your confidence again. Like in this journey, you will feel broken. You will feel people's opinion of you. And sometimes that can break your confidence, but it's not mm -hmm. the end. You can build it back up. So thank you so much for, for sharing your story. And to our listeners, thank you um, for listening to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Yasmina, this has been a truly inspiring conversation. I love so many of the points that you made and especially love your advice to all of us to believe in ourselves. I think yeah. it's, it's wonderful advice for women and girls everywhere. I also want to say a thank you to my dear friend, Yodit, who helps me believe in myself. And I hope that I help her believe That's in so sweet. too. And we also thank the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast, Lisa DeJavine, for the beautiful work that she does editing these episodes. Yasmina, is there anything you'd like to leave as a last word to our listeners? So go where you're celebrated and surround yourself with people who believe in you and who uplift you because what you just said uh, to you did made me think, yeah, throughout my journey, it was also because of the toxic environments I was in. And when I started shifting away from those toxic environments, those toxic relationships, 
then I started believing in myself more. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your stories.